0: Okay, if you could turn your Bibles to 1 Corinthians. And this morning, I want to start the title and then a couple, three points. Is The title is going to be, what are, the, what are Spiritual Gifts Good For? And then the three points that I have for you this morning are going to be, Spiritual Gifts Are Given For The Common Good. Then the second is, we're going to ask the question, What are Spiritual Gifts? Third is unity yet diversity in the body of Christ. Those are going to be the three points this morning. And how many of you have read and studied through Corinthians and specifically chapter 12, 13, and 14? Raise your hands. Yeah, if you're charismatic, you definitely have. And so what I want to do for us this morning is we're going to systematically go as best as I can and my best of my ability is to go with chapter 12 today, 13 next week, and then 14 the third week. And there's a reason for that is because one is we, we just don't have enough time to cover all three chapters this morning. Do I think it is necessary? Yes, I do think it is necessary. So, I'm going to leave out some things this morning that you're going to be thinking, why did he leave that out? And hopefully, we will cover it the next week and then the week after. But these are some of the most important chapters that we see within the charismatic realm and with those who believe in the gifts. You see, the Corinthian church was a different type of church, it was made up of multiple house churches. I mean, it was a big church. This was not a little church. So the history tells us that it was many house churches. And the one thing that we do see is, just so you know, that church buildings didn't come into existence until later on in history. Constantine did a really good job at indoctrinating us in church, but that's okay. I like meeting with you in this building. But we see some things that are going on in the Corinthian church. And there's a few mythbusters within this context of scripture. Because we see in chapter 1 verses 4 through 7 is that the people of Corinth were given everything they needed in Christ Jesus. Okay, and you can turn there but read it later, but also they were given every spiritual gift. And it was confirmed in their belief in Christ. And so what they were given, this church was rich. It's one of the richest church I believe we see in the New Testament. It's in the New Testament. But yet we see it was a messy church. And I'm thankful that it was a real messy church. Because through messy lives become many great stories and actually guidance for us. We see in the Scripture at the very beginning of 1 Corinthians and uh, we won't take too much time, but sexual immorality, some gross things were happening within the church. You see this set up for church discipline, which is very necessary in the body of Christ. But one thing that I find interesting, that they were, giving, they were given every spiritual gift that they needed, yet they struggled with sexual immorality and factions and arguments and all kinds of things. So what does that tell me? that you and I make the church very imperfect. That I believe we can be full of the Spirit and still make mistakes. And I believe we can still be full of the Spirit and yet need guidance into our daily lives. And to say, hey, come on. What you're doing is wrong. Stop it. It's not a characteristic in the newness of your life. And so we encourage one another. We exhort one another to live lives that are holy and pure before the Father who is holy and pure in Christ Jesus. So, I wanted to say all that to get to this. So, I always challenge people. If you have been hurt by the church You are not alone. Every one of us has been hurt in some way by the church. It doesn't make the church any less perfect, though. I want you to hear that. Because there is one who is in control of the church, has never got off the throne, and as far as I see in His Word, He will never leave the throne. That's Christ Jesus. He is the head of the church. And so you that have been hurt by the church, and I don't mean this coldly, but I do mean this in a loving, exhorting way, you have no excuses. Christ is perfect. We are not. So with that said, let's read. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Now concerning spiritual gifts... Brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be unaware. You know that when you were pagans, you, you, were used, you were used to be enticed and led astray by mute idols. And I find this interesting. I'll kind of talk through the Scriptures. Scriptures speak enough for themselves. But there's a word I want to look at, and that's spiritual gifts here. And that is the word, the Greek word is charisma. But it's also plural, which would be charismata. That's where we get charismatics. Charismatics, which we are a charismatic church, at least by name we're charismatic. I'm kind of scratching my head because we're not jumping off of the pews and grabbing the chandeliers, not yet. (laughs) Okay, just kidding. Um, But we believe in all the gifts. You read our statement of faith. It says that a charismatic believes in all the gifts. There are so many flavors, though, as the charismatic churches out there, there There's so many flavors. And some of the flavors are just not very good flavors. And so sometimes we want to avoid talking about the gifts, and I'm going to kind of go into some muddy waters this morning briefly, and with it being first Sunday, welcome children to a lengthy sermon. We're trying to teach you discipline. Just kidding. I'm a bad jokester, just if you haven't figured that out. Okay, so we see that there are spiritual gifts for us. But also when he talks about you are led astray by mute idols, I can't think of more prevalent for today that we don't have these idols that we look at, that we say, but how many of us truly do have idols? What do we turn to when we're struggling? Do we turn to Jesus? Do we turn to TV? Do we turn to internet? Or do we turn to food? And I found it was really fun, because we did this as a corporate body, when I was fasting, I found myself wanting to go to something different than Jesus. And I was able to kind of break it for that week, and I'm still struggling to break it. But how many of us have mute idols and different things and are led astray enticed? But then it goes on in verse 3, "...therefore I want you to know that no one speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus is cursed. And no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit." And the Amplified says, Jesus is my Lord. I love the way it says, Jesus is my Lord. Because most of us, we know people that say, Yeah, I'm a Christian. Then you begin to talk to them about the Lordship of Jesus Christ, and the whole conversation changes. You say, Is Jesus really truly Lord? Well, what do you mean by Lord? I don't know. That area I do not let Jesus touch. But I want you to know, those who have the Spirit of God can say and will say, Jesus is my Lord. And that is good news. We'll go on and read. Now there are different gifts, but the same Spirit. There are different ministries, but the same Lord. And there are different activities, but the same God produces each gift in each person. I think we get the theme here. Same Spirit, same Lord, same God does all these things and gives the gift and produces the gift in each person. And so the question is, why does He give spiritual gifts? A manifestation of the Spirit is given to each person for the common good. You wonder why God gifts the body with spiritual gifts? It's for our common good. And then we see in Ephesians chapter 4, and you can go there for you that want to turn your Bibles or your screens, whatever you choose today. Verses 11 through 13, and I may read 14 and 15, and then I'll finish with 16. And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers, equipping the saints for the work of ministry to build up the body of Christ until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of God's Son growing into maturity with a stature measured by Christ's fullness. God has gifted the body of Christ in order that we can build one another up and reach unity of faith. This is important. Now I'll go ahead and read 14 and 15. I don't have it on the screen, but... Then, will we, then we will no longer be little children tossed by the waves and blown around by every wind of teaching by human cunning with cleverness in the techniques of deceit. But speaking the truth in love, let us grow in every way into Him who is the head, Christ. From Him, the whole body, fitted together by every supporting ligament, promotes the growth of the body for the building up itself in love by the proper working of each individual part. Okay. Do we get it? What are spiritual gifts given for? It's so that you and I can build each other up. But the sad part is, so often we have used the gifts to tear one another down. And I'll talk about that in a minute. But God has gifted His body. First, He has gifted us with the Holy Spirit. And then the gift imparts to who He wants gifts that God wants to give for the common good. And as I said, charisma is the word used here. It's plural. So charismata. And it is the ability the Spirit gives to the church. It's the ability for us and our gifts to be used for the common good, for the building up of one another. This is so important for us to look at. It's so important for us to know. And if there's an overarching theme in this sermon today, is that each and every one of us has been given a gift to give to the body. None of you today that hear my voice or are, are not has not been given a gift to build this body up. And I am one, personally, that I appreciate you, and I surely know you appreciate me, but I also appreciate the overall body of Christ. When I think about the body of Christ in the Fox Valley, I'm thankful that some have a lot more than we do. Why? Because they put on a lot of good seminars and programs that we are blessed by. Such as us going to the security conference. The pathway opened up for free. And doing different things. And so the body of Christ, different bodies throughout the valley have different gifts. But yet it's for the common good. So we have to think about it like this. How can Cornerstone bless the Fox Valley? Not how Cornerstone can be different than the whole other churches. And the best, because we are the best. Because we have the best people. And we're charismatics. It's a joke. But we have something also to give to the body of Fox Valley. And we don't shun away from that. God has uniquely equipped us to do something unique in the community of Manasseh. He has given you the gift from the Spirit enable us to work together to do the job and the task that He's asked us to do. And these gifts oftentimes are for the blessing of one another. And I want us to be careful when we think of spiritual gifts. So often they become so selfish and it's all that we look at. And so we pick this spiritual gift, that spiritual gift, and we only hone in on that particular gift. We're not going to do that here. So let's read on. Point number two. What are the spiritual gifts? At least given. There are 27 that I read, but we're only going to read a portion today, and then we'll kind of unfold them as the next couple of weeks from different passages. So let's look, verse 8 through 10. To one is given a message of wisdom through the Spirit, to another, a message of knowledge by the same Spirit, to another, faith by the same Spirit, to another, gifts of healing by one Spirit to another the performing of miracles to another prophecy to another distinguishing between spirits or discerning of spirits to another different kinds of tongues a different language a different dialect to another interpretation of tongues one and okay I'll stop there we'll get to the verse 11 in a moment so I want to look at what Paul is talking about In these gifts. First we see, and they're not in order, just so you know. We'll read in order later about offices in the church, but not the spiritual gifts are not in order. Words of wisdom. How many of you know what words of wisdom is? It's where God gives something where it just comes and it goes above human thought, and it's a wisdom that is given for a certain situation. Some of you, this is your primary gift. And I believe in a primary and secondary gifts in an individual life. What do I mean by that? You may not agree, but this is what I see in Scripture. Is there is a primary gift that I walk in all the time then when I would call a secondary gift, or let's just call it a situationary gift, where God gives me at that moment a word of wisdom, a word of knowledge, healing, or a miracle, or whatever, but at that moment, I'm given something to give to the body of Christ for that moment. But it's not something that I always walk in. Words of wisdom, I think sometimes God graces All of us, at times, with this. But it may be your primary gift. Word of knowledge. Word of knowledge is where you are given a word that you can see in in an individual's life and you can know what's going on in that situation. An example would be, and I've seen it done, hey, something's coming to my attention that there's a George in your life. And something very bad has happened to you in your past. And the individual is just blown away because they're like, how did you know that? Like you're reading their news and they had no clue of how you know. That is a word of knowledge. You are giving them something that only God knows. And it's used for the betterment of the body. It's not used to tear down one another. It's actually used to build one another up. Faith. The gift of faith. You've heard me talk about this. I don't believe that I primarily walk in the gift of faith. Some of you bristle at that. Some of you are really freaked out about that. I do have faith in Jesus Christ saving my soul, and I do have faith that if He chooses to heal you, to do a miracle in your life, He can do it. I do have that faith. But there are some of you that I can walk up to you and be really discouraged and say, I don't see how I'm going to see my way through this. Some of you are able to say, Pastor Jeremy, I know that God is able to take us through this. And when I hear those words, all of a sudden, yeah, yeah. They have a gift of faith. They're building me up and allowing me to actually have courage to go through some very hard situations. Some of you have that gift. And see, here's where I'll talk about it. Just My son is like, what are you doing, Dad? I'm just walking, honey. So, some of us, and I'm going to talk about in this third point, is gift exaltation. How many of you have heard of the Word of Faith movement? How many of you have been involved in the Word of Faith movement? How many of you now are walking... Don't raise your hand! Walking in the Word of Faith movement. Okay, I want to say something. A lot of the Word of Faith movement, and some of you don't care about this, is wrong. It's plum, as we would say down south, plum wrong. But there is some of the word of faith movement that is good. And we can't throw out the baby with the bathwater. What do I mean by that? The gift of faith. But see, we see abuses, and when we see somebody walking in the gift of faith, all of a sudden we exalt their ministry, like the gift of healing, gift of miracle. We exalt their ministry, and then we make denominations or whole movements out of it. And then we shun that movement altogether. It's exalting one gift over another. And if you ever have questions, ask me later, and I will unpack what I mean. We don't have time. Some have the gift of healing, that is going beyond a natural ability. And one writer that I was reading, it could be a gift of inner healing. Somebody that brings healing to an individual over natural means. Do I believe God uses doctors as healers? Yes, I do. But do I also believe God uses His children to pray for others and bring healing? Yes, I do. And when I pray for you, I will believe with my little mustard seed of faith. That God will heal you. If you walk in the gift of healing, I expect you to be praying for everybody that's sick. This is part of the body. Gift of miracles. That is something that happens beyond the natural. It goes into the supernatural. They're really close, and it was hard to differentiate between the two. But the gift of miracles is, and I've seen it at least on TV documented, where one leg will grow back to normal. Something is supernatural that normally would not take place. It's a miracle. Or God feeding the 5,000. It was a miracle. Some of you have gifts, and I want you to use your gifts. Will you pray for my bank account? <laughs> prophecy. The gift of prophecy, speaking words into existence. And prophets, you've heard me moan and groan about prophets. But even as a pastor, they're calling pastors to be more prophetic from the pulpit. And we need prophecy. If you have the gift of prophecy. And I'm going to talk about these all in in context. Discerning of spirits. The gift of discerning spirits is being that you can look at a situation and you know where the Spirit is coming from. Is it coming from the Spirit of God? Is it coming from man or is it coming from Satan himself? And at different times, this is probably one of my primary gifts, at different times I've been in situations and I'm like, I just got freaked out. I was in the presence of a witch or evil. And nobody around me felt it. Discerning what's going on. Discerning if this thing is from God or this thing is not. We need the gift of discernment in the church. And the gift of tongues. Speaking another dialect, another language. The word used here is another dialect. We don't hear it so much today, at least in the Western church, but God still uses it, is that in the midst of a congregation or a meeting, God will speak through somebody in an unknown tongue to that individual, but there will be somebody in the crowd that that is their spoken language. My mom used to tell me about meetings that they had been in. Somebody spoke in tongues and a foreigner was there and they knew exactly what that individual was saying. Totally unique. And I'm not talking this morning about a prayer language. We'll talk about that later. And then we're talking about the gift of interpretation of tongues. Is when somebody speaks in tongues, somebody has an interpretation. And we're going to talk about that in week three how that comes about and what that looks like. But if you have tongues spoken within a congregation, there better always be an interpretation. If not, you need to be quiet. And we'll talk about that later. Why am I talking about that? Because I want us to be aware of the gifts. I want us to be using the gifts in order to bless the body at Cornerstone. I need you. You need me. You may not feel like you need me at times, but you need me. God has called me here. So let's go to verse 11. This is what it's all about. One... And the same Spirit is active in all these, distributing to each person as He wills. And point number three is unity yet diversity in the body. God gives gifts as He wills. You have no reason to be jealous this morning of your brother or sister if they have a certain gift and you don't. It's kind of like, I love, I was thinking about this morning, like, my mother-in-law, she's great at giving gifts. Like, if I know if she's going to give her own daughter $50, she's going to give me $50. I love it, because we all get treated equal. Like, me as the son-in-law, like, man, I get some really good gifts. And we try to do that with our kids. And sometimes, as we see in the body of Christ, that God gives and distributes as He wills and not as we will ourselves. In verses 12-14, through For just as the body is one, and has many parts, and all the parts of that body, though many are one body, so also is Christ. For we are all baptized by one Spirit into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free. And we were all given one Spirit to drink. Indeed, the body is not one part, but many. And this is what I want to talk just briefly about gift exaltation. We have to be careful of not exalting one gift above another. And there's been great damage done to the body of Christ. And to me, in my opinion, it has caused the body of Christ to be weaker than what it should. But again, I thank God for the body of Christ. But what happens is whole books are written about men of faith or women of faith of the past and the certain gifts that they have been given. How many of you know of Smith Wigglesworth? Got a gift. I don't know that I'd function like Smith Wigglesworth. I wasn't called to function like Smith Wigglesworth. But when I read his books, I want to be like Smith Wigglesworth. That's the things that books do to us. But I want you to know that God has a unique gift that He wants to give you as an individual and call you by name and use it for His glory in the building up of the body. I've read a lot of good books and the Lord challenged me a long time ago, Jeremy, this is not you. Your name is Jeremy Harris the last time I checked. I have a gift for you. Give it to the body. So we don't want to exalt one gift over the other. But all the gifts are for us. Okay, I can't say that enough. And so we all come to this funny part in Scripture where can an eye be a foot? Can a foot be an ear? No way. Every one of our body parts function for one another. If I didn't have the ear, I couldn't hear you. If I didn't have the eyes, I couldn't see you, which maybe that would be better at times. Or my tongue, I couldn't taste. All these things, do you get it? All these body parts are working together. There is not one above the other. Actually, Paul says, I am going to give greater honor to the weaker and the more unrespectable gifts. I'm going to exalt those gifts. Because the ones that we look at don't need exalting. They're already exalted. What's my point? We need to build up the body of Christ. And so he goes on and finishes the verses in 1 Corinthians 12, 24-31. And I want to challenge us. I'll skip, and I probably shouldn't skip anything, but I will. Let's just start at verse 27. Now you are the body of Christ, an individual member of it. And God has appointed these in the church, and this is an order first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, next miracles, then gifts of healing, helping, administrating various kinds of tongues. And then he goes on to ask the question Are all apostles? Please answer that for me. Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all do miracles? Do all have gifts of healing? Do all speak in other tongues? Do all interpret? And then he goes on to say, I will show you a better way. Now, when I brought this up to my Pentecostal church, they said a bunch of Baptists wrote that version. (laughs) And hey, I love that church. And they're... They are awesome people. Integral, still doing ministry. A lot more than I can say for some of the famous people. But the truth is, is not all of us have gifts, but there are gifts that God wants to give us. And so I was watching, what's the point this morning? God wants to use each of, you, each of us to build up His body and advance His kingdom. I was watching a sermon that I just wanted to share with you via YouTube. It's Francis Chan, 2018, Seeking Spiritual Gifts. I didn't want to share that with you because he does a lot better job at orating than I do. He's a great orator. But I want to give you the gift that Francis Chan gives. And he brings up these three points. Are you pursuing the person of God more than spiritual gifts? Spiritual gifts never take the place of our abiding and knowing Jesus Christ. It doesn't mean you don't seek them. I want you to pursue the gifts. But they never are above pursuing God. Then he asked the second question. Do you want a spiritual gift because you want a spiritual gift, or because you love us? So I'll ask the question to you this morning. Do you love us as a body enough to seek the spiritual gifts to build us up? If you don't, don't seek the gift. Because you will use it for your own gain and for your own selfishness. But if you are willing to seek the spiritual gifts in order to build up the body, go for it. We need you. Do you love us enough The third one is, have you been studying and trembling over His written Word? And I like what Francis Chan says, and he does a good job at saying what he means. So often we want to follow people that have certain gifts. And I understand. I understand. But have you been seeking and studying and trembling over God's Word for yourself instead of going to somebody else to get a word from God. How many of us have chased others? You don't have to raise your hand. We all have. And they're a gift to the body, but we never can exalt them. When we do start exalting somebody that has a gift, watch out, they're they're in trouble. Especially if they put their lives in the hands of men. They're in trouble. So, we need, to, we need to seek the spiritual gifts. We need to, as a church, function in all the spiritual gifts. Not one over the other. And we need to use it for the good of building up the body.